everybody, welcome to Fastscape Rewatch, episode number 21. Yeah, it's episode 21, and I am Carmel Hats, and joining me as always is Red Nightmare. Hey, I'm happy to see everyone. <laughs> yes, you're all looking great tonight, especially you, in the tie. And yes, yes, yes. Thank very, you all for coming nice. out. I, I, I this, like those pants. At, a, at this recorded as live, in the front of a live studio audience. This, this, <laughs> this is not true, that's all lies. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would be cool, live studio audience. I, mean, I, I cool feel that's slash, an aspirational goal for some point. Cool slash terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> as long as there's a big audience, I'm fine. <laughs> well, today, anyway, we'll be talking about the episode Bone to be Wild, which, as we said, is number 21, and is the penultimate episode of season one. We're almost done. We're almost there. Almost a quarter of the way through. <laughs> <sighs> We've been doing this for at least four months now. Almost, Close yeah. to five. And we hope you've been enjoying it, and we hope you enjoy this episode, because uh, there's a lot going on in this one. I really like this episode, actually. I, okay, we'll talk about it. I, I did like it, but um, maybe not quite as much. We'll see. No. All right, so why don't we start off? So if you remember previously, the crew of Moya had managed to escape from the Gamak base, but uh, hot on their heels are Crace and Scorpius. In the Peacekeeper Command Carrier. It's, it's, it's like a buddy cop movie, but with a really big car. Yeah, and less of the buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we start off with a shot of the crew inside Moya, who are huddling around in blankets, and they're all very cold, because Moya is being scanned by Chris's Command Carrier while they're hiding in an asteroid field, and they've turned all the power off so that they don't, the energy signature doesn't get picked up by the scan. Yeah, but that does mean that Moya is incredibly cold on the inside. Yeah, you know. Uh, so the scan manages to pass by Moya and her offspring. If you remember, the offspring was born last episode. I mean, the, I, I hadn't realized how tiny the kit was until the start of this episode, where you what? see a shot of them, and it, it's so it's so tiny compared to Moya. Compared to Moya, though, it's still yes. pretty big because it's still oh, yes. a spaceship. But yeah, Moya is massive. It's kind of like the like you might see a shot of a baby whale whale next to its mum. It's yeah, very very it's kind of smaller in this case, I think. Yeah. That you do have a shot of the two of them from outside and it it kind of reminded me of that sort of thing from nature documentaries yeah. and stuff. But it, while they're hiding, <laughs> they actually get a distress call, which <laughs> the the situation the irony is not lost on uh on uh, Gianna and Creighton. <laughs> yeah, actually so they listen to the distress call and it's from an alien who's living in one of the asteroids and says that uh, she's under attack from an unseen creature and it cuts off as she starts screaming and uh, mm -hmm. and um, they're like, oh, distress call. <laughs> I think it's John and, yeah, like you said, John Tiana is like, a they send a distress call to us. <laughs> and they just start cracking up about it. It's like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> of all the people to send a distress call to. I think they're in, in enough distress as it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I think, and uh, that's roughly when we get the titles, where it's like a distress, a distress call to us. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, interesting point in the title. Gigi yeah. Edsley is now finally as yes. a full character in the full actress in the title. Finally, we get Sienna. yeah, we get shots of G, we get her name, get Gigi Edsley and bits of pictures of Chiana. It's like yeah, she's part of the full crew now, properly. Yeah, not just a guest star or something. Yeah, nope. nice. All right, so that's cool. Um, but then we come back and we see that Crace is unhappy that Moya's not been found, of course. But what he wants to do is he wants to go into the asteroid field to go and get them. And uh, 
Scorpius doesn't think this is a good idea. No. Because Scorpius <laughs> actually, I mean, what he proposes is basically sending a bunch of signals into the asteroid field that'll irritate the baby so much that he'll reveal himself. Yeah. Which I like the plan, actually. That's Scorp a good plan. So, yeah, Scorpius is being very calculating about this whole thing. And I love the interaction between the two of them. Scorpius kind of stalks a bit and is just mm -hmm. very predatory and uh, actually kind of quiet and is just like, maybe we should try this. And it's so, it's really good. Grace doesn't want any of it. No. Grace, he's, oh, he's acting up because it is a good idea and it's probably better than what he's planning, but because it's, it's Scorpius's idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what he wants to do. Yeah. And I want to do my thing. <laughs> this is my command. But yeah, he's not happy with uh, Scorpius trying to undermine him. Also, uh, how did they know Moya had a baby? Uh, well, well I mean, no, Scorpius has been poking around in John's mind, remember? Yes, but at that time... The baby wasn't born yet. Well, they knew it was... I don't know if it was having contractions at that point. I don't think it was. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they picked them up on the scanners, but I think... The... Well, that might, they might have actually found... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. But the, the impression they got from the episodes, at least, was that it's from poking around in John's brain. True. But Crace says, nope, my order stand, and we have to go change position. I'm not going to do what you say, Scorpius. Screw you, buddy, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and Crace is... He's actually looking a bit disheveled. His hair's a bit rough. He's looking a bit kind of... He might be at the end of his rag here because he was, you know, tortured in the last episode. Yeah, and Aaron didn't really leave him that great. No, he's he's kind of slowly been losing it over the course of the series anyway. True. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back with uh, the crew of Moya, we see that Zan, Dargo, and Crichton have gone down to the asteroid... Which is full of plants. Yes. It's just like a forest, a literal forest in there, in that it was literally filmed in a forest. Yeah. <laughs> in what looks to be the same forest from Throne for a Loss. I Some think this one is a bit, a, bit, a bit thicker. Maybe it's a bit deeper into that. Oh, that might. Oh. That might. <laughs> Listen, if there's anything I know from watching old episodes of uh, Doctor Who, it's that if you have a good location, you end up reusing it all the time. <laughs> it's like, this is where we go for foresty shots. Fair enough. Uh, so they're wandering around down there. Dargo's not having a good time. No. He's, <laughs> really a, bad time. He, his allergies are acting up, to put it mildly. He's allergic to everything. Yeah. <laughs> I like that at some point they hear something rustling, and then Zan asks Dargo, did anybody hear that? Dargo, can you can, can you pick up any sense? And he's like, let me explain what's happening in my nose right now. There's a thick line of green liquid mucus covering my nose. And John interrupts him like, okay, okay, thanks, Dargo. We don't need to hear that. Cut the Lux and poetry. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love that because it's actually Dargo being, he's not even being like the comically serious about it. He's like, no, okay, listen. Let yeah. me explain to you what is going on up here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he's, 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 he's really being like, seriously, you're asking me that now? <laughs> I love that little bit of character from Dargo there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then they hear some screams and, and they encounter a, what looks to be a, there's a beast attacking the female who contacted them earlier. And they mm -hmm. scare the beast off. And the uh, female reveals herself. And she's called Mully. Or Mali. It's spelt on the DVDs and the synopsis M apostrophe L E E. Mali. Yes. And she's actually an interesting character design. She's got like yeah. head to toe uh, prosthetics. 
it looks like like she's covered in chitinous plating, maybe. Yeah, it's pale uh, coloured, and she's got uh, sort of bubbly bits around the side of round, kind of around the top of her head that look like, yeah, like bulbous parts uh, that are glowing. Bulbous. Blue. That's what I was just looking for. Yeah, they're glowing blue, and they have like a spine on one end, mm-hmm. and she has like big, what look to be bones or spines of some kind coming out the back of her head yeah. it's a really uh it's much more than just like i've got a funny shaped ear or no, like no, a wrinkly she, forehead it, this is really cool costume fun fact here's a bit of behind the scenes you know who plays uh emily it's played by francesca buller who is ben browder's wife oh really yeah cool so there you go that's actually ben browder's wife and uh then Ben Browder has a very good actress as a wife. Indeed he does. I, think... I really like her acting in this. <laughs> I think they actually met when they were at acting school, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he met Francesca Buller while he was studying at the Central School of Speech and Drama in London. So there cool. you go. They met at acting school. <laughs> nice. So yeah, that's, that's just a cute little bit of behind the scenes there. But anyway, Malie does not want to be left alone. And no. uh, she's very scared of the monster, and she's actually kind of pleading with them to take her with them. Mm-hmm. Laying it on pretty thick. And so they go back to the transport pod, but the beast is lying in wait there. And the beast is actually oh. kind of a weird-looking... Th- it's very large and uh, kind of hunched back, but with covered in what looks to be hair and vines and matted bits and it pieces. It has hair, and it seems to have a like a mutated face yeah almost? it's got like a mouth with fangs in it that it gets wider on one side yeah and it has mushrooms growing out of its head fungi on the side of his head yeah uh, john makes this comparison later but if anyone is familiar with a uh, swamp thing from yeah, comic books that's it's like, that's actually that's, a very good description yeah <laughs> it's basically like that and so it attacks them and it injures dargo pretty heavily like, yeah and really they bad have a, they have a firefight in the shuttle mm. which surprisingly breaks uh, parts of the ship down so they can't take <laughs> off easily. And as you said, Dargo is heavily injured. In fact, he figures there's internal bleeding. And then and he coughs up blood. He's like, oh, great. There's oh, definitely this... internal bleeding. bleeding. Yep. And uh, like, we'll get out of here, we'll get you back. And he's like, no, you shot this part and I shot this part, so we're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that they don't like resort to like blaming each other for why they can't leave. It's like, no, I shot this fuel line, you shot that coolant thing. Yeah, <laughs> we both made mistakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we cut back to Moya with Pilot, who uh, is confiding in Aaron, actually. Mm-hmm. And he says that this is... He uh, basically gets to her over the comms and says... I need to talk to you, and I can only tell you this because you're the only one I feel I can trust. Yeah, and because we know they have quite a connection, those two. Yeah, they do. And he tells her that Moya is actually having problems communicating with her offspring, mm-hmm. and there's tension between them. He then explains to Aaron that the offspring is basically a hybrid of Peacekeeper Warship and Leviathan. Yeah, and Aaron points out, like, we've all seen the weapons. That wasn't really new news. But then he goes on to mention that, well, the kid also doesn't really know what what to make of it. And neither yeah. does the mother. And they don't really know anything about the uh, warship part, which makes it really hard for Moya to, I mean, communicate with it, in a sense. Because it, it, they experience life differently, I guess. Yeah, and so he's asking Eren to go over and kind of try and bridge that gap with her experience as a peacekeeper. Mm-hmm. And I, I like how Pilot says... Moya has given you permission to go aboard. Mm. 
And Aaron says, that's fine, but has the, has the child yeah. also given permission. Because this <laughs> is a thread I like. She treats it, she actually treats the, sh the, the child as an individual. Yeah, and is concerned with how it feels, or so, how he feels, because they do refer to it as Right, as they male. already know it's a boy. Yeah, they know point. it's a boy. So they say, how, you know, how does he feel about it, and treating it seriously, basically. Mm -hmm. And so Erin uh, goes aboard, and is just kind of amazed by how well-meshed the Peacekeeper and Leviathan technology is. It, it doesn't look like a mishmash. It actually flows together really well. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm impressed... They were able to grow tactical radar screens on the windows, <laughs> like wow. And the set as well is pretty cool because it's but it's much smaller, obviously, than yeah. Moya. And you see, this is like the command area, and there's a large round area in the middle. And off that, there are various consoles with large lights on them and stuff like that. And there's mm. a sort of like a, a ring coming down from the ceiling, and it's all lit in red. Yeah, um, very kind is... of, very peacekeeper. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but it also has, uh, especially the uh, the choice of lights that uh, line the console, have, having uh, red, but also hints of white and yellow, which reference back to Moya, who is mostly yellow, darkish light yellow. Yeah. And, and you can also see ridges near the windscreen that are clearly Leviathan. Yeah, and we also get a nice shot of Aaron walks into the command area of the ship, and it pans back through there and then out through the window. And that's when we see the scale of uh, the child, which mm. is its actually still pretty large. It's kind of like a, I don't know what you would compare it to, but it's its like a medium-sized uh, spaceship, and then next to Moya, Moya is just huge. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't describe it as a fighter. I would probably describe it as uh, maybe a frigate or something. Yeah. You could, you could probably house like four people in there, be, be a bit cramped. Yeah, exactly. With living quarters and everything, but it will be, it will be doable. And so Pilot suggests that Aaron should turn off the comm because the peacekeepers may use it to find them. Mm -hmm. And Aaron actually finds it really quickly because the right panels light up. And Yeah, whenever she comes in, she's like, I could use some light. And the lights start blinking. He presses it and the lights go on. And then later, after a conversation with uh, Pilot, she says, Yo, I'll go look for the comms. And now the light starts blinking. Huh. And then comms she... are powered down. Yeah. She actually just starts talking to the offspring. Says, "I think she has a great scene where she kind of kneels down or like squats down on the floor because uh, there are lights coming on on the floor and like there is a series of four lights around the mm -hmm. circle." And says hello, and she actually says hello, and then the lights going to light up in response. It, it, it's like a Simon Says game. Yeah, the it's way, a bit the, like the that. way that it sounds and lights. Like boop, 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 boop. it's actually really quite cool. It, it's quite sweet as well because she's just like she's got a big smile on her face as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, hey, hello. <laughs> You're actually you, you can actually you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, and uh, we leave there for now, and we go back to Scorpius and Crace. Crace comes into his quarters. Yeah, and Scorpius is there sitting in what I would describe as Crace's throne. It it basically is. It's at the end of a reasonably long passageway that's also quite wide and above it is a large I can't quite make out what it is but it looks to either be like a tooth or a claw or some I, I was unable to see it either some kind of memorial or memento actually some kind of memento and Scorpius is looking around and he's commenting on how it's a very opulent set of quarters even for a captain yeah he doesn't understand why captains would have giant uh, keep things from their past victories from times when they felt powerful like yeah when they 
past phrasing felt powerful. I like that. <laughs> There's actually a great long take here that I really love, and it's that Scorpius talking to Krace, and he gets, and you've got a, a long shot of Krace at one end and Scorpius at the other end in his in Krace's chair, and he gets up and walks a, down the length of the uh, quarters to Krace without cutting between the two of them. And I like that kind of slow walk as he approaches Krace. Reminding him of all his failures, mm -hmm. <laughs> and basically he's threatening to take over the ship mm -hmm. because he doesn't. It's quite clear that he doesn't believe that Crace is fit to command. He doesn't think and, much of him. <laughs> no, and given what what he knows about Crace, I can understand why. Yeah, that's the thing about Scorpius is that so far, I can I mean he's he's a coldly kind of logical person in that. He doesn't seem to be doing anything for personal no. uh, reasons. It's all, you know, he's contrasting to Crace, who has been on a personal vendetta this whole time and has, you know, turned away from responsibility because of it. Yeah, it's, Crace is more the emotion where mm. uh, Scorpius, Scorpius is more the duty at this yes. point. That's the contrast yeah. that we have here. And it's really good. I, I just, I love all the scenes in this episode between Scorpius and Crace. Yes. They're, they're really strong. Um, but uh, that's what we see so far, and so back to the asteroid, because we've got kind of got we've got three lines here. We've got Scorpius and Crace, we've got Dargo, Crichton, and Zan on the asteroid, and we've got Aaron and the Offspring. Yeah, and so, and I like how they weave uh, in and out of each other. Yeah, a few of them do that better than others. I will talk about this when we get to the end, but I felt yeah, that sure. a couple of times it it felt just like there was a little bit too much going on. But uh, right now we're back with the asteroid and Zan is trying to heal Dargo, but she needs more substances. Because the plants, she's actually been really impressed with the plant life there and is finding these amazing roots and leaves and things that she's able to use to help Dargo, but she can't quite uh, heal all his wounds. No. She's, she's doing the best she can with what she has, and she there's a lot available, but with the creature outside... It's not that easy to grab uh, what they need. Yeah. And so uh, John's off to go get some. And then Malie starts sniffing about. And then uh, she actually sniffs Zan. <laughs> she says, your scent is different. You smell that like the outside. Yeah. And that's when Zan says, you're right. I'm also Flora. And John's like, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, you're a... Hmm? Wait, oh. seriously? <laughs> yeah. Turns out because... Zan's a plant. My god, how many times we've had to cut that out of an episode because the hat spoiled that. I, I may have done a couple of times. Just... <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, one of the things that I forgot that they actually had as a reveal. And I was like, don't we just know that? It's like, oh no, wait, no, that actually t comes up in this episode. I, I'm glad you remembered that because otherwise I would have just brushed over it thinking we already had revealed it. But, <laughs> uh, but, no, yeah, but this, is, this is the one where we actually get to reveal it. And I do, I do like that John, because Zan's like, is that a problem? John's like, no. You're a vegetable? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really, on one hand, he doesn't really care. He's just astonished. Yeah, he, it's, it's blowing his mind. Yeah. But he, no, he doesn't have a problem with it. He's just, what? 
Um, That's and, a thing. <laughs> and then I like Dargo's like, come on, man, everyone knows Delvian's a flora evolved. It's like, I'm new here. I was going to say, Dargo, <laughs> I thought you would have figured out by now that that's... <laughs> Not something he knows. <laughs> to be fair, Dargo isn't in a lot of pain, so I'll cut him some slack there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and you know, she's... Sam, by the way, finds this hilarious. Yes. The fact that he's responding, how John is responding <laughs> to this. She's taking it all in good nature. Well, because she didn't, it wasn't something she was trying to keep from John, so it's like, oh, you didn't know? Oh, right, sorry. I've... <laughs> and she points out she doesn't, she has uh, fibers instead of bones, and, and the. Uh, and the, the the highlights on her face are for absorbing water and stuff. Oh, that's what it was for. It, I, it, but I didn't figure why why her skin is blue. Ah, well, they do actually have a bit. They go outside to go look for some stuff, and they have a conversation I mean, between mm-hmm. John and Zan. And, and I could. Uh, he asks blue, and he, she gives a apparently a logical explanation, but I couldn't parse it. Well, she says it's because of uh, chloroplast pigmentation, chlorophyll, which lets you do. Uh, Let's photosynthesis. Photosynthesis, yeah. Which are green. Which is typically green, yes. I'll grant you, but I guess I don't know. It's some kind of different combination of actually, things. Actually, there are, as far as I could tell from a quick Wikipedia search, there are some forms of photoreceptors that are blue. There you go. That use blue in some way. I might be off base here. I didn't have time to <laughs> completely research it, but you know, close enough for it sci-fi. You know, that's, well, I'm that's okay pretty with that. good. Yeah. And th- I do like the bits where John is figuring out some things about th- that make more sense now that he knows that Zan's a plant, and he's actually saying, "Oh, that's why you like the light so much." Yeah, <laughs> and they actually share like a laugh about that. It's like, yeah, photosynthesis. In the till the blood runs clear. That's yeah, where, yeah, where yeah. she had her uh... photogasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, that was an actual name. That's what she said. I know. Literally, that's what she said. <laughs> Zan called it that. that. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> but uh, so they're out looking for uh, the medicinal plants. But uh, Malie detects that the creature is coming, and so she runs off after her. And mm-hmm. Crichton, she runs off after it, and Crichton runs after her. But when the and then when the creature comes, finds Zan, who pulls a trick that we've not seen her do before, and she makes herself invisible like the fucking predator. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, how? Like, well, there is one precedent to it, and that's in uh, Till the Blood Runs Clear, where she masks her scent. Yeah, but it's... So apparently she can do the same for light? I guess? Let so... me, let me, I really hope this is not a trick we never see her do again, ever. I, I'm worried that it is. <laughs> I have as well. I mean, can she only do it in a high concentration of plants? Maybe. I think maybe the... I, uh, she can camouflage herself against the other plants, maybe, but they just make it look like she turns invisible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> activates her cloaking device, or whatever it is. You start making clicking noises, the creature yeah. has that light on the forehead. <laughs> well, Some well, no, of these things may not actually be true. Well, no, wait a minute, a few, uh, like, half a season ago, she leveled up, remember? Maybe she got access to a new spell. Oh, yeah. Invisibility, <laughs> that, that Disguise- might be a thing. Disguise self, is that a thing? Close enough. Yeah, but I think she'd already be able to do that at level eight. Oh. Anyway. Well. Uh. <laughs> but uh, there's a bit where it's like she's kind of camouflaged and it's walking away, and then she kind of uncamouflages her eyes a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just sees her. And yeah. Grabs like, her and it's like, why did you do that? Yeah. Uh, but John has run back to the transport pod, and Dargo's upset. He's like, why did you let Zang get captured? 
but uh, Millie reveals she won't be eaten, but she'll be taken to the beast's hunting ground and then killed. I do like that when Dargo uh, says, hey, why did you let, why did you let her uh, get taken? He's like, instinct, Dargo. That's something you should know about. It's the only damn thing you use. I'm like, oh, sick burn. Oh, snap. Dargo, to his credit, doesn't actually have a response to that. No. He's just like, uh, mm. yeah, fair, fair, fair. So John and Malie have gone off to try and rescue Zan, but um, Malie's getting hungry. Yeah. Hunger strikes. Um, she's getting really, really hungry. Like, she's I, having this up quite a lot. And I, I love what happens next, because it turns out that costume of hers... It's not just static, cool. yeah. So you've got the bulbous parts around her head. That, that, turn, glowing, that go from glowing blue to glowing red. And there are spines on her shoulders... And at the end of the bulbous part around her head and upper uh, arms as well. And then there's a big set of spines on her back. Actually, more like a frill. Yeah, the, they all come up. And the bones in the back of the, her head start poking out even more. And yeah, I oh, think her teeth get pointier. Yes, and... she actually gets spiky, uh, spiky teeth. Her uh, sp- spikes over her whole body actually pop out. Yeah, like and this is all happening in real time, so it's actually part of the costume. That yeah, it can it's functional. Do that. It's not. Yeah, it's not special effects. It's it's well, it is special effects, but it's I mean, not like CGI. It's. I'm pretty sure that the spikes out coming out of her head probably. Yeah, that are two different ones, but <laughs> still. No, I mean that would be in a close up because you'd be poking them through from the other side where yeah. her face would be. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably best. And yeah, it's, it does actually look really good. It's a really solid effect, and she looks totally different when it uh, finishes. But then she attacks John, and the creature appears, and then knocks down John, and then Millie runs away. Mm-hmm. And then the and beast... The, sorry. the creature actually grabs his pist- uh, John's pistol and shoots after it. Yeah, and then points the pistol at John's head, and says in a kind of slow voice, like, I'm not your enemy. She is. She's he's, your he's, enemy. He's clearly tired. Yeah. He's like... He's exhausted. So, alright, it looks like they were lured here under false pretenses. Ah, But we'll find out more about that later, because meanwhile we cut back again to Krace and Scorpius. And Scorpius is antagonizing him even further, Mm. having actually gone behind his back and counteracted Krace's orders with what Scorpius planned to do all along. Yes. So, yeah, Krace, very unhappy, and... He also says, why are you doing this? No reason to do this. If my command was under question, then I would have been recalled. <laughs> and Scorpius responds, you were recalled, remember? Yeah. Are you forgetting? I saw your memories. I see into your mind. <laughs> I so, know yeah. what you did. Mm. So yes, I do think your command is faulty and should be questioned. Yeah. Oh. And again, we have another cut back to the planet now. This is what I mean when I say like there's a lot going on because we're going between several things at once here. But so we go back to the planet or to the asteroid rather, and we find that the creature is named Bernie. Bernie? It's Bernie. It's Bernie. It's Bernie. It's Bernie. <laughs> it's literally it's Bernie. Okay. Um, I had to ask you: is is the actor playing Bernie British? Not really. Not particularly. It's it sounds very posh. In a way. Not really. It's kind of like, oh, it's heavily asthmatic. It's what it sounds like. <laughs> Fair. And he's like, I'm a botanist. I've been doing botany. It's basically like that. Yeah, that's that's a very good description of what his voice sounds like. <laughs> uh, 
and uh, he finds the atmosphere very thin. So that's why he was out of breath, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's why he didn't say anything and attacked John, apparently. And early in the transport pod, he was apparently trying to warn them about Malie, who is a calcivore. Yes. She feeds on bone. And Which, huh. Okay. You know, get your calcium. It's, it's good for you. Oh, <laughs> <All> your calcium. <laughs> and she, uh, she would have eaten John. And uh, apparently, it turns out that Bernie... Uh, that Bernie was a botanist who led the team to the asteroid to study all the flora inside of it, uh, but then Malie killed his team. Yeah, basically his entire team, including his mate. Yes, that's Lider. the important that, thing. That, yeah. He gets angry about it. He gets Slam- very upset. Slamming some pots or something. Yep. John actually is like, how many of your people did uh, she kill? And then he gets upset. It's like, right, you know, okay, sorry, forget I asked. Bad. Touch, touch Every, everybody's dead. Never mind. Okay, that's Sorry. it. Okay, okay. <laughs> and now again, we go back to Aaron on Moya's offspring, and the peacekeepers are, are scanning them again. Mm-hmm. And so Aaron has to reduce the uh, energy signature of the offspring, but it's not letting her. Yeah, it's not uh, listening to what she's uh, telling it to do. And so what she does is actually she talks to it, and so. Okay, you were made by the peacekeepers, but in some perverse way, yeah, they're a part of you. But that's but... Also, that's also true of me as well. Mm-hmm. Well, also I, true of Aaron. I li- I like that parallel that she pulls. Like, look, I had the same, the same thing, and I. She doesn't really say I broke away from it, but she does say like I I partially understand how you feel, and she says you need to make a decision if you trust. Uh, if you trust your mother, if you trust us. And I like, again, she's treating him like an individual. Like, this is a decision you need to make. Yep. For yourself. If you want to be part of this or not. Yeah, and so the offspring then does actually reduce power. Powers down and makes a decision to trust Moya and Moya's crew. Yeah. So there we go. So they managed to evade the Peacekeeper scan. Oof. Just in time. <laughs> And back with Bernie, uh, he's making some of the plant uh, that Zan needs to heal Dargo, mm-hmm. and which he uses a machine that creates a huge plant from a tiny sample. Yeah. So basically, what this does is he can apparently take a plant uh, and miniaturize it with that yeah. machine, and then put it in a pot, and then set it away. And when they, whenever they need it, so in this case, uh, she needs specific uh, seeds which she couldn't find in the forest outside. He has a sample, so he just. Puts the tiny one in the machine, replicates the entire giant one, uh, yeah. just resizes it into the mm. entire giant one again. Oh, and in case we didn't mention, like like we said earlier, Zan was taken by the monster, which of course is Bernice, so she's here and she's fine. Yeah, sorry, that's yeah, actually yeah, well, we something kind, we, we kind of skipped over that. Kind of, sorry. Whoops. Oopsie. <clears throat> but she's very, <laughs> she's very impressed by this thing. It's like, oh, you can you can put you can cut this into the early scene, and Zan is also there. <laughs> And Dan was here. <laughs> um, but she's very impressed by that, and she's she's really loving all of the botany and the study and all of the equipment that uh, Bernie has. <laughs> John is slightly less impressed because he's I love this. He's looking at the the the, the deminiaturizer or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and he says like, "Wow, that is really impressive." My aunt had one. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's kind of like, come on, can we go? 
Yeah, I like that he's kind of getting, I guess, a little bit desensitized to the amazing technology space kind of things. He's like, okay, we have more important things to do right now. I think now. that's mostly it. It's like, yeah. Zargos out there with the Calcifor running loose. He doesn't know she's dangerous. Let's move. <laughs> So yeah, Bunny and Zahn go off to heal Dargo and leave John to protect the lab. Yeah, and John's like, hell no, I'm not going to let you go with uh, Zahn uh, on your own. Yeah, because he still doesn't, I don't think he still trusts Bunny properly. No. Um, but while they, when they've gone, Malie returns and she wants to talk to John and she's trying to, her hunger is really kind of uh, taking over and yeah. she's trying to fight back to talk to John. Because she revealed something we didn't, uh, uh, that Bernie wasn't telling. Because she was listening the whole time before. Yeah. And one of the things that Bernie doesn't man- didn't mention is the fact that her ancestors were brought here by Bernie species. Yeah. To wipe out all the uh, herbivores. Mm, they were eating the plants because they wanted to study the plants. So they wanted a completely free environment of any predator, uh, any species that would eat plants which is a brilliant idea but i don't know if it works i mean you're that's a major upset to the local ecology and that's not good right no it's the other point is that um usually these things work with um feedback loops so say we take wolves and rabbits say you have a lot of rabbits and a few wolves Mm -hmm. there's an overabundance of food now so the wolf population can easily grow and because they can easily find rabbits, they can easily uh, support their young. So the population of wolves goes up, more wolves eat more rabbits, the population of rabbits goes down, meaning that less wolves get food, wolves go down, etc., yeah. etc. Et mm-hmm. Up and down, which would technically mean this would turn into a stable ecosystem. I think the only reason it doesn't do that, and it does wipe out the entire um, herbivore population, is because these t- uh, the calcivores are sentient. So they're able to organize. Yeah. I mean, you. it's also something when you put a foreign predator that the uh, prey has no defense against. Yes, like you have good just, point. You just have to look at somewhere like Australia where that happens, yeah. has happened a big, uh, a lot, and there's a big problem. That's with, actually a good, a good, way better point. And so that's that's what they did on purpose to get rid of all the herbivores. But then John's like, well, hang on a minute. Once you killed off all the herbivores, you turned on Bernice people, then who was left? And he's like... But actually, Bernice people left. They oh, left. Right, they left. People, their plan was to have these counselors running around, basically wipe out the entire herbivore population, then die out of starvation. Yeah. So John's like, wait, then how are you still here? And she says, all the, after all of that, all we had left was each other. Yeah, she ate her family. And that's how she survived that long. And so she's... Yeah, she... It's fucked up. Yeah, that's not all that's messed up. And I love this turn. Like, the first we had uh, Malie being uh, the good guy, uh, Bernie being the monster. Then we swapped that. Then we realized that Bernie's not actually as noble as we think he is. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of twists and turns going on. Yeah, and I kind of like this, because... We'll get as we go on. I'll, I'll mention what I really like about this, but uh, let's, yeah. let's keep going. But she also says that right now, like if they don't do anything, she's going to starve to death here, and so she'll control her hunger if John can provide her with a more regular food supply. Ah, so she's kind of, I guess, bargaining for her life, really. 
it does seem to be like a really strong instinct to feed, and she's trying to fight it to figure a way out of it. Yeah, because she knows that like if she eats these four, that's it. It's not sustainable. No. And so, meanwhile, back with Aaron and uh, Moya's offspring, she's playing around with the controls a bit more and manages to charge the uh, offspring's cannon mm. just in case of uh, an attack. And she actually says to the pilot that uh, that she and the offspring seem to have some kind of understanding. Yeah, and I really like that because she's she while she's saying that she's touching parts of the ship and almost almost I mean petting. Yeah, a little bit, and she does have a kind of smile on her face while she's doing so, and is seems to be like kind of fascinated with it, and really, yeah, kind of getting into it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then Rigel cuts in. Oh right, well because we have Pilot says uh, on the comms back to them that uh, you'll be pleased to know that communication between Moya and her offspring is improving. Mm -hmm. But then Rigel, yeah, cuts in saying you should maybe you should stay on it in in case of an attack. It's it's. It's good that you finally have a place that you are welcomed. I was like, fuck oh, off. Oh, Rigel. Rigel. Sorry. Rigel, you... Oh, that's not cool. Yeah. It's I... like, uh, well, it's, it's the only defense we have if, uh, if, if it comes to it. And she's like, I will not draw this ship in a, in a, uh, in a conflict not of its making. Yeah. I... like, she's being protective of the kid. Again, and again, treating it and, and you know, respecting its rights not As to be... Yeah, as a sentient being. Yeah, not to be as, sent out as cannon fodder. Yeah. Because let's be honest, it's a no shit to take on a Peacekeeper Command carrier. It's a tiny baby. Yeah. <laughs> and so then we got back again to Bunny, who is uh, on the asteroid, who has healed Dargo. Dargo is actually totally fine now. He's like, you know, I used to think healers were full of shit, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You've impressed me, sir. Yeah, I, I do like... I like him like that. <laughs> I and like then, I like Dargo showing a bit more character than being the gruff guy all the time. Yeah, and he's he's, he's he, like you said, he's sincere about this. It's like yeah. you know what? Actually, yes, I was wrong about that. <laughs> I don't. I'll I'll care to admit that. <laughs> and then John walks in. Yeah, John turns up and he's like, "Okay, we've got some. I got to lay down some facts here, some truths." And Bernie's quite surprised because John was supposed to take care of his plants. Yeah, it's like, wait, John, what are you doing? And John's like, oh, what? Sorry, you thought I would be calcifor meat, uh, calcifor food, not meat. That wouldn't work. <laughs> uh, and he pins him to the wall and basically uh, tells Dargo and Zan what's been happening. Yeah, that uh, sentient beings were being murdered for. Oh, right. He actually kind of makes a bit of a faux pas here because he gets upset at uh, Bernie and says, like, sentient beings were being murdered just for some stupid. Some stinking plants, and sounds like, like oh wow! Excuse me, <laughs> how animalist. animalist of you! It's like, God <laughs> it's damn like, it, uh, John. sorry, I didn't mean mean like that. What that I'm a stinking plant? It's like, oh, you done goofed, John. You but done I, goofed. I do like something that they say because he says like, it's not worth uh, sacrificing sentient beings. But Zan is like, look at what they were able to create. This immense incredible garden maybe it maybe that was a price worth paying and i'm kind of i am like no sentient beings that's yeah key that's... Phrase in this discussion but i can understand sans viewpoint and i it, it has some merits well because they point out that she's found some wonderful amazing plants in here that are like hugely medicinally beneficial and mm -hmm. you know is 
and exactly it's like is is it worth sentient life to create that and they don't the, the episode doesn't dwell on this too much but that is an that is like a discussion like mm-hmm. that is like a little tiny thing that they have in that scene where it's like yeah they sorted a bunch of people but to, is it a means to an end but like ends don't just and on the other means, hand da, 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 bernie know. bernie also rightly if you point out she slaughtered all my entire crew like she slaughtered everyone i brought yeah, she didn't just kill out all the things she was supposed to. She just killed everyone else as well. Yeah, I mean, which also is true. Does it make Malie completely innocent in this? Yeah, neither of them are completely innocent. Which I really like. Yeah, it's not just a black and white kind of uh, good guys versus bad guys uh, story between those two. This is th- these two are very. Uh, I mean, either they're very gray or they're both bad guys. But. <laughs> But uh, he also reveals that he has charts of the asteroid field, which can get you can get them out of there mm-hmm. and away from the peacekeepers. And so uh, Zan goes off to get them with him, saying that I'll go with him. You know, a cool head in this situation is probably for the best. Yeah, that's and, fair. You know, to his credit, John's like, yeah, no, that that's right. I'm yeah, mm-hmm. not probably not the best one to go do that. So, now we go back to Scorpius and Crace, and we have my favorite scene between the two of them. Because Crace is having his lunch, I yeah. think, on a little table in his uh, quarters. Okay, as we walk in, can I point something out? Why does Crace have a Hynerian head on one of his pedestals? It's probably... It's, it's a trophy. It's got to be one of the trophies. Okay. What the hell? <laughs> Listen, we've established peacekeepers are not nice people. That's true. And Scorpius had a whole bit about that he doesn't actually understand, but that some of them seem to have an obsession with trophies from their mm. past. It, you know, it just popped out of me that that's an Hynerian's head. Like that's not some random head. That's an Hynerian head. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, he's eating his uh, lunch, and Scorpius throws a little chip, a uh, data chip, or whatever, into his food, and it's like. There, my report on your command. Like, do I need to read it? And it's like, no, not really. You know, you'll, you'll yeah, you'll hear it all at the hearing because I've already sent this to Peacekeeper Command, and uh, I will see that I'll have you personally stripped of rank and office. And he says, and Chris says, and take command of your my carrier. And say, I already have. <laughs> and then just they have a scrap. They fight. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, like at that point, uh, Scorpius has even gone so far that he he's lowered Crace's lunch and basically kicked it away. Yeah, he's ups- He's like, "You are not fit for command. Get out!" And then, yeah, Crace just launches himself at him, throws him up against the wall, back and forth, and he actually seems to be kind of beating him up a bit. And then all of a sudden, Scorpius just something something changes in Scorpius' face. It's just well, it, it's a, a, a look, way of looking. Yeah, and he grabs. Crace's hands lifts just lifts him away. He's clearly stronger at this point than Crace, and it just kicks him into I think a chest think it, or something. He it's a raised. He pushes, presses a button, and like a a rectangular uh, wall effectively raises up from the ground. What I got, what I think it's supposed to be, is maybe some kind of little bath, maybe. Oh, that's yeah. Actually, that's a good one. And uh, he kicks. He basically yeah. He lifts Crace off him. And just throws him into it, and then puts his boot on his neck, and then says, in contrast to his usual high kind of light voice, in a deep, 
guttural, like, like, how dare you make me display my physical superiority? Why it's do like, you make me oh, do this? Holy crap, Scorpius just went Super Saiyan on this ass. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I know something you don't know. I am not left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> He did no, kind of pull that, like, you don't know my true power kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, it's a really, uh, really guttural voice, like, Oh, do you do No, that's not it. It's it's hard to do. It's, it's it's clearly done in part with some kind of filter yeah, to clearly. lower the voice, but it's he's he's not happy to have to do it's, that. He's fucking scary, and Scorpius is already scary. Well, that's the thing, and he's he doesn't like having to show that side of him. He's like, how... Dare you make? Why do you make me do this? Why do you resort to this to make me display my physical superiority? That sh and the subtext I got from that was like that should be irrelevant. I shouldn't. Mm. I shouldn't have to do this. You, you are completely nuts. I shouldn't have to beat you up like this, but I will because I can. Like seriously, I'm not gonna let you choke me. Uh, choke me no, out. but you've put. You've gone. You've taken things way beyond what they needed to be, and Scorpius. From what we've seen in contrast to Crace, at least a little bit, Scorpius doesn't really seem to have much of an ego. No. It's all about it's all about the mission and uh, what he's supposed to do. And so he doesn't want to necessarily be seen as stronger than Crace. He doesn't care about that. No, he's like, he cares we just about doing his job. Yeah, get the job done. And so he's angry that he has to be made to show the superiority. I, I just I love that detail about Scorpius because as a bad guy, a bad guy with no ego is not something you see very often. No, and it, it makes him even creepier because you know you can't goad Scorpius into an attack. Exactly. You can't, you can't guarantee that his ego will make him uh, make uh, uh, make sure he makes mistakes. Exactly. He won't make mistakes. He'll be methodical. Mmm. That's part of why I love Scorpius so much in that he's not like he has the look of kind of like a evil arch wizard kind of like a know, like a skeletal kind yeah. of thing but with none of the hang-ups of it like he's actually a cold calculating bad guy even in the few episodes we've seen him already and yes yeah i'm looking forward to more of scorpius and then believe me there's going to be more of scorpius yes <laughs> especially if he takes over that command carrier which oh, he's yeah. currently already done yep he's taking command so we go back to john uh, who's at the lab the, mm -hmm. who, uh, and he finds that Bernie has been injured. Yeah, because John's like, "What's taking so long?" Yeah, and he says that uh, Malie took Zan, and then John goes after her, and he's like, "Wait, wait, wait! I'm yeah. an idiot." He, he makes it all the way to uh, where Bernie says Zan's supposed to be, uh, the feeding ground of Malie, yeah. and he comes there, and he's just like, "Where are you, Malie? You lying!" And he sees one of the corpses that Malie left, and he's like, "Oh, I'm an idiot," because Zan is a plant. She doesn't have bones. A couple of times in this shot, like, well, in, in that scene where he's like, oh, I'm so dumb, he actually says, bones. And for a split second, I'm like, is he do? Is he going to, it's almost going into a Star Trek thing. <laughs> he's almost doing it, bones. <laughs> he almost, it's close enough that he almost says it like, like Kirk. Oh, nice. <laughs> but, no, but it, that's, he rushes back to Bernie and uh, you know, Bernie is there, and he's like, "Oh, you've healed quite, uh, and you've healed quite well. Uh, yes, I've uh, used some uh, uh, herbs to uh, uh, quicken the healing process." And he's and like, "John's like, and he's like, have uh, did you kill Malie?" He's like, "No," 
and you know that's when he says I'm a little slow on the uptake but Zan doesn't have any bones um, so Malie wouldn't have taken her she wouldn't have even eaten her yeah and so like wait and John is actually looking through Benny's stuff mm-hmm. at this point and he's like so where is she and he's like and John finds that she's been miniaturized it's a it's a sad action figure and it's still in the bottle it's still in box mint in box <laughs> mint then, in bottle <laughs> then john ruins it because he takes it out of the bottle ah uh, that's going to that's going to take the sale value like right down you're yeah, not going to get as much for that on ebay no, now like no. damn it john damn it <laughs> like again i love this turn that he's going he, he, that right she's a plant and bernie now is the bad guy because he's trying to take her along uh, along with him because he's fascinated and he's always want he's always they've had stories about delvians but they never met one and he's like now i have one and now i can study it and it's like that's a sentient being it's just she has a name yeah that's what john says so they have a fight but john manages to uh activate the machine to deminiaturize zan yeah, and I, I do like that at this point, Bernie has him under shot with his pistol, and he's like, I'll shoot you if you uh, keep going through the process, and John's like, I very much doubt it, because I took the chakran oil cartridge out. <laughs> yep, the old, not without the ammo clip you won't. Yep. Not without the clipazines. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yep, restarts the thing, and it starts building Zan back up, and actually, they, in the fight, Bernie gets thrown in front of the laser that's doing that and just gets sliced in half. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> and then Zan gets I, rebuilt. Yeah, I, I really hope that doesn't have any effects on her. Because like she seemed fine. Can't be good. I I was yeah I was thinking that maybe it would, but she apparently seems to be her old I, self. She, she doesn't have she doesn't have any fungus growing out of her ear, so we're probably fine. You're probably okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, that would have been nice. <laughs> Song comes back, but only there's now two there's now two mushrooms in her eyes <laughs> oh, <laughs> in her ears. <laughs> oh no, no! Like no. a pair of headphones. That would be so bad. <laughs> I'm so glad they didn't do that. <laughs> oh dear. Well, but so John and Zan are about to leave, and then that's when Malie reappears and she says she'll die of starvation. But she actually went to Dargo beforehand. Right. And Dargo had her under shot, and she she used all the last calcium she had to at least revert to her more passive form, to restrain herself so Dargo would shoot her on sight. Yeah, and she's this is the scene I really like because she's clearly in agony over this uh, over not having any food, and she's holding back the urges, and basically she's she's keeping back the beast inside mm. because she doesn't. One, she doesn't want to basically ruin the food supply and get nothing else. And also, I think she doesn't want to hurt them, in a way. Well, I think the major thing is that she knows that the four other people there, three, not count, uh, not counting Zan, because she doesn't have any bones, but that's True. that's not sustainable. No, that's like, also a very clear part. And so she's like, I need a sustainable source of food, otherwise I'll eat the three of you, but then I'll die after that. Yeah, and I, I do like that Dargo's like, well, there's about a thousand people up there in a big ship who probably won't be missed. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Yeah, feed the peacekeepers to her. Seems good. Yeah, seems like seems like seems like not solving two problems uh, at once. <laughs> so that's what what um, Malie talks about. Because Dargo figures that once they launch off this thing, they'll be detected. Yeah. Yeah, they'll easily be detected because I, I guess the engines shot enough that that's just going to leave a big trail or something. 
Yeah, that's true. Actually, from the damage they had earlier on. Um, that, that's what I'm. That's what I'm taking. Or, uh, or they're like, we'll send up a flare. Or yeah, we'll deliberately we'll lure them in here. Yeah. Yeah. And so she she really holds back uh, uh, as she's with Zahn and John, and she's like, but I really, really need to eat something. And it's like, uh, well, conveniently, there's a, there's this there's guy a, has been cut up into bite-sized pieces enjoy. by his own laser. <laughs> and I do like that she rushes towards him. We don't see that off screen. We were so, like weird. It's horrible. It's like, <laughs> like, oh God. Oh, oh. And if you see John and Sam responding, Just like, I, I do find it interesting that Sam says, there's a lot of cruelty in the universe. I'm like, this is nature, Zon. I don't consider nature to be cruel. It's incapable of it. Well, but I do also like that it's like, John's like, yeah, and it seems, uh, I forget the exact line, but it's Yeah, like, and it seems like we have a treasure map towards it. Yeah, we it. have a treasure map to it. <laughs> yeah, they do seem to find a lot of it. So, But then they, they get out of there. They get out of Dodge. So they get back onto the transport port and just... Just book it. Just leave. <laughs> bring, the, bring the peacekeepers here, then it's not our problem anymore. Yeah. We and have the charts. Let's go. Yeah. So they're back on Moya. The charts let them out of there. And so they're on their way out. So many minor scenes in this last shot. Uh, this uh, second to last shot. So there's also a scene in here where we go back to see Kreis. Um, Sitting at his desk. Yeah, at his desk and, and underling... Or the, his second in command now, I guess, after mm. he killed the previous one, uh, is asking him, it's like, is it true, you know, has Scorpius taken over? And uh, it's like, what should we do? What are your orders, sir? And Crace isn't saying anything. And, and his second in command is being very insistent. What are your orders, sir? Like, give me a goddamn answer. It's like, yeah, I'm waiting for it. And then he just says, really defeatedly, he's like, do what Scorpius tells you to do. Yes, and he, uh, head in his hands, just do whatever he says. Yeah, so he's he's broken, he's defeated, he's lost control of his command carrier, and yep, you're off the mission, you're I, off the case, you're off the I case, almost, man. Turn in your badge. Almost. Well, he's had everything stripped away from him, uh, but but it's I mean. Again, it's for a good reason, because he's done a piss-poor job of his actual mission. Yeah, I mean, I was on board with him, like, until he snapped the neck of his own second-in-command. That was like, okay, you've crossed, I mean, he's crossed a lot of lines, but yeah, that's, that's where the sympathy ended. Yeah, that's a big one. But even, even so, it's like seeing him broken like that, that does hurt my heart a little bit. Yeah, it is, it is kind of... Uh, yeah, it is kind of a bad thing. In a way, this is where Crace's arc ends. Completely broken. He's lost everything. Yeah. His brother, uh, his command, any hope of any hope of a future, really. Yeah, and you know, was it worth it? Did he get what he wanted? No. No. Mm. So, yeah, now everything's under Scorpius's control. He's taking the reins. Oh, that's bit great. Yeah. Shit. So, <laughs> oh yeah, we're in a lot of trouble now. I know. Um, so back on Moya, the charts—they've uh, got the charts from Bernie. They took from his lab, mm -hmm. and they can now exit the asteroid field and just get out of there. Yeah, and it's, there's a lot of nice little scenes in this one because mm. we first have John and Aaron talking. Because uh, John asks Aaron, like, oh, was it, "How was it in that ship?" And she's like, "It was incredible." She's really impressed by. Mm. 
by the baby Leviathan. Um, and then we, as they are talking, that their sound fades off, and the sound of Zahn and Dargo talking fades in. Who are standing uh, next uh, a little, yeah. little ways away, and she's talking about uh, she wishes she could come back here. And Dargo's like, "Well, uh, someday when when you're not being chased by insane <laughs> peacekeepers, maybe you can." He's like, "No, you you and I both know that that's not possible." <laughs> but then I then Dargo says something I really like because he's like, "Well." Somebody else will stumble upon it, and they'll be able to use the medicines mm. uh, and and uh, such that can be found here. So, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. And then Zan has a great line, which is she says to Doggo, "It's like, oh, when did our roles become reversed? When you know, and when you needed it to, yeah, because he's comforting her and offering you know sage advice, which has been her job typically. Yeah, <laughs> and oh, there's also. Tiana and Rigel, because they're still cold. They've still got the uh, blankets on because they've turned the power right down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tiana has her blanket around and says, if your hand is still there in a micro, I'm going to... Rip it off. Rip it off. And she opens up and turns out Rigel was huddling under there as well. Yeah, they've decided to share heat. How how come those two keep ending up in... uh, I don't know. (laughs) Close next to each other. (laughs) Weird. Don't worry about it. But yeah, Pilot is actually thanking Aaron and saying that thank you because thanks to what you've done, Moya and the Offspring are now getting along really well. And and Aaron's uh, like, well, no, I just did what was right for the ship. And Pilot reveals like, well, the ship would like Aaron to name her child. Yeah, and Aaron's face. I I swear, like I have to look. I swear she's crying at that. Like yeah, tearing it's up like a bit. She's complete. It's pure joy, but also the teary eyes of mm, like ha- happiness. Yeah, that's oh, it's it's such a good. If you can find that shot, actually, if you can find that scene, I highly recommend it because Claudia Black's acting in that is just impeccable. Yeah, she, she gets does. the exact emotion across with her face, like double emotion in it. Oh yeah. And that's that's a really sweet thing. And we don't have we don't have a name yet. We just nope. know that Aaron gets to name the child, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't find out what that is in this episode because we then cut to the peacekeepers and mm-hmm. Scorpius who have landed on the asteroid and are walking around and investigating the lab and mm-hmm. have found Malie. And uh, the other peacekeepers are like grabbing her and restraining her, and Scorpius is like, "We must." You know, know, know when to show compassion as well. And takes her and hugs her and says, and, some, and we must also know when to give of ourselves. And that's where it ends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious if Scorpion knows what he's getting himself into. Because I, I really hope he doesn't. I think, I mean, I'm wondering if he does. Like, the, it's hard to tell at the end, but my suspicion is he does know. And, and he's, he's going prepared- to feed to feed his men to to Malie to keep her alive to get the information from her yeah. about the people about the Moyers crew who maybe just even there. drag her to a gamut base, experiment on her. Yeah, also that exactly. That's uh, that. That's why he, when he said "give of ourselves," I'm like, that can mean two different things. But I'm really hoping she just manages to crawl into the air vents of the command carrier and wreak havoc on that <laughs> ship for a while. No, like, you see, Scorpius is kind of... Uh, he's too smart for that. That's the problem. Yeah, probably. I think he... 
that's like it's not explicit, but the impression he's he's he knows he's going to feed a bunch of his yes. men to us <laughs> just to get the information. That's the subtext I read in it. At least. Oh yeah, definitely. But that's what we end on. Oof, what mm-hmm. a note to end on. Hey, hey. Okay, first thing that I have to ask: <laughs> Where's Stark? Yeah, I think he's still on the Gamak base. Oh, no, wait, no, they took him off no, the no, Gamak no, base. No, they took him along with him. We know he's on Moya. We don't see him the entire episode. I, uh, like, yeah. I don't see Jillian's corpse. That makes sense, but <laughs> that would have been awkward. Just the dinner table. Yeah, wait, a, yeah, where was he? There against the wall. Like, he turn up? I hope he turns up in the next episode and they didn't just forget about him. Like, <laughs> I, who knows? I came out of the blue, like, Stark's around here somewhere. He, he he should be around here somewhere. It's not like they had a pit stop to drop him off. Yeah, good question. I hope that gets addressed in the future, I, I guess. <laughs> By rights, he should still be there. Oh, well. Yeah, he should be freezing. <laughs> he should like be freezing. Yeah, he should have been freezing his butt off somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, alright, so... <laughs> aside from that, what do we think of the episode, then? Cause I really like it. I did like it. I did enjoy it. I think, for me, there was a little bit too much going on. In that there were, you had three separate lines. You had uh, the asteroid. You had Crace and Scorpius, and you had Pile. Uh, you had Aaron and Offspring. And I think a few times that got a little bit tough to follow. I particularly I, I with experience it like that actually because what I like. Lo- Sorry, actually, you finish your thought. But particularly because there were so many twists and turns in the story with uh, Bernie and Malie because like you've got already got three different things to follow and in one of those you've got about three different twists so I, I think it might have just been a factor of when I watched it but I was just like wait what what it was a I, little bit tough to follow for I me actually, anyway I really like this episode because it has uh, one of my favorite scene uh, scene transition systems yeah. Writing wise, which is uh therefore but. Right. I don't know if you if you're familiar with this. Well let's explain. The the most clear description of it uh I've ever seen was from Trey Parker and Matt Stone yeah. from uh the makers of South Park, who say whenever you have uh story beats, you need to be able to put therefore or but between them. Right. So otherwise if you have uh plot lines that go this happens, then this happens, then and then this happens, and then this happens. Right, there's then no you're screwed. There isn't a reason for anything. It's just no. But if you have this happens, therefore this happens. But this happens, therefore right. this happens. Therefore <laughs> this happens. But this happens, therefore this happens. Yeah. And I really like because this, especially the line with um, on the planet on the asteroid. Yeah. Very neatly follows that. I'll be honest, like actually talking about and discussing the episode has made me appreciate it more because now we can sit down and unpack what was been going on. I think it's probably a function of the state of mind I was in when I was watching it. So yeah, actually discussing it does make me realize that okay, no, right, I see that. That all does actually flow kind of neatly, and that's all. Because that's, that's all what fine. I really liked about it, because you have hmm. uh, and and the three lines that walk through this and the, the three you mentioned. They do interconnect. They are related to each other. They're trying to turn down the ship because up there, yeah. there's a bunch of peacekeepers trying to scan for them who mm. are also having their own disagreement, <laughs> disagreements, which is also the reason they're still scanning and not, haven't switched to a better tactic. And the reason they're down there on the asteroid is because they need the charts to escape 
of a peacekeeper yeah. ship. So it, I, I do like that the three lines aren't as completely separate as last week. Mm, okay. It's just, for me, it felt a little bit like, while watching it, that um, the bit on the asteroid was a standalone episode that was happening in the middle of an episode that was contained in the wider arc of the series. Mm. If that makes sense. But they did I, understand, I understand what you mean. Yeah. But, but, I, but I now do... that we've actually sat down and talked about it, I think I can appreciate it a bit more, so... Yeah, because I, I do believe that things are interlocked better. Yeah, although this does this does kind of stand out from the previous episodes as having something extra added to it beyond the plot of, you know, uh, Krace and the Peacekeepers and Scorpius. And... True, but I, I do like that we get an, ep- uh, an episode to breathe. Just yeah. To put that a little bit to the background and actually have the characters have their dynamic in a mm. new situation again. Okay. All right, that's fair. Uh, so yeah, I think what do I say? standout parts is I mean my favorite part of the episode was just Grace versus Scorpius. Mm, like particularly that was great. Yeah, and that fight reveals quite a lot about I mean about both of them in that Grace is just unhinged and he's he's kind of snapped because everything's been taken from him. But I, I really like his defeated look at the end. That's yeah. that's way more important because we already know he's a nutcase oh yeah we've but, known that since uh, that old Yale black magic yeah but this is actually kind of the first time it's been he's displayed it to uh, the rest of the peacekeepers so he's True. actually facing consequences for the for that mm-hmm. in the form of Scorpius who is just the complete opposite who is cold and logical and committed to the mission and you know can also kick his ass both ways until you know, up and down the command carrier, <laughs> but doesn't doesn't want to have to. You know, it's like you should, like you should resign or you should have your command stripped away because of these reasons, not because I can beat you up. Yeah. But Scorpius is like, well, if you're gonna try and beat me up, then I'll beat you up. Yeah, but I have to defend <laughs> yeah. myself. But it's okay, like, fine. why why you make me? Why do you make me do this? He's, he's really disappointed in Kreis. <laughs> the only the only thing that was missing there is while he was choking Kreis out with his foot, he should have been saying, "This hurts me more than it hurts you." <laughs> uh, that's I mean that's that's not the kind of thing that Scorpius does though. No, I know. <laughs> um, other than that, like the costume work with uh, Malie, amazing. Bernie was a little bit less like he looked yeah. a little bit more like they threw a bunch of. Uh, greenery on top of a large, you know, set of prosthetics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can, I can, I can accept that because Malie's costume yeah, no, is so amazing. Well, I mean, all I'm saying is that it, his costume was fine, but it's not what stands out to me. Nope. Um, and yeah, and then we know that Zan is a plant. <laughs> finally, 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 we don't have to edit that out anymore. Yay! I don't have to worry about that. Hooray! <laughs> uh, and uh, but. But yeah, I, I, all right. Let's get down. Let, what do you rate this episode? I think I'm going to throw a five in here. Oh, I would probably go. I would probably go less than that. I would. I would say a four. Uh, before we talked about this, ep- honestly, before we actually unpack this episode, and I, it probably would benefit from me watching it again. But uh, just initially, the first time, I was like, I would probably have given it a three mm-hmm. uh, because I was not properly following and kind of getting mixed up with all the stuff that was going on. But now that we've now that we've sat down and discussed it, actually, I can appreciate it more. I, I, so really I, liked, I really liked it because I had to watch it twice in one day because of my own scheduling mistakes. Yeah. 
and it's very it's very propulsive. It really mm. just takes you through it. Yeah. There's no, there's no moment of lag. It's scene after scene after scene, and each scene has a function in the story. All right. Well, okay. I'm I'm gonna stick with the four though, just because. I mean, I don't know. Four's it's I, no, I, it's I getting there. It's I getting there. Why. Yeah. It just felt a little bit more. Um, it, it felt, even though they weren't totally disconnected, it did feel a little disconnected to me. So I'm going to give it a four. Uh, I, uh, I'll stick with my five. We've disagreed right. before. Yeah, that's it's fine. fine. That's fine. That's totally fine. We're not going to get into a fight about it. Nope. 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 Definitely we'll not. Meet you out back to podcast in five. Find me IRL. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, that's uh, that's episode twenty-one. We enjoyed it. There was there was. Good, and we're wrapping up though. That's the yeah. thing. It's like this is the penultimate episode of the season. Next week. Next week is the end. That's season one over. Uh, Family Ties is the episode name, episode 22. So we'll be talking about that next week and uh, look out for something special after that when yes. we'll be wrapping up the season as a whole and letting you know what we think about that. More mm-hmm. info on that next week uh, when we record Family Ties. But, also, uh, a heads up, uh, we will be taking a few weeks off yeah, after the finale episode. Yeah, there'll be a break in between season one and season two, but yep. it won't be too long, just to no, give I, us some time to, you know, maybe make some improvements. A few of, weeks, max. Yeah, a couple of weeks, max, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, you can find us on social media. I'm at Can't Wear Hats on Twitter, and Red is at Vidalkan in Tree. Yes. And, at time of recording... <laughs> By the time this goes up, everything should be up there. But we also have an archive of the podcast now on cantwearhats.co.uk. Yes, audio podcast, RSS feed, iTunes to come, if we can figure that out. Ah, all you need is an RSS feed and uh, start a sailor by. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I think. No, 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 no. It's, all you need is an RSS feed and a uh, handle long enough to turn it. That's the fulcrum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. It can't be that hard. No. <laughs> so, yeah, you can now uh, subscribe to the RSS feed on cardboardhats.co.uk. Go there and you'll find things tagged under the category of Fastgate Rewatch podcasts. And we'll be putting them up there going forward, of course, along with the archive there. They will still go up on YouTube if you prefer yes. to get them that way. Uh, just, you know, that's up to you. Uh, however best you want to do it. And, of course, all of this is brought to you by you, by the Can't Wear Hats Patreon. There's patreon.com slash can't wear hats. So thank you to everyone who's made this possible and we're almost done with season one. Yeah. Ooh. We're, we're getting there. Almost quarter way through. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Still almost another year of this to go. Yeah. <laughs> but we thank you all for listening so far and thank you for listening to this episode and we hope you enjoyed it and we hope to see you again next week. And until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Ah, all right, so Rhett, wait, Rhett, so wait, since when could you turn invisible? Oh my god, this is amazing. This is incredible, I... Oh, sorry, um, I was just making a sandwich. Sorry, you were saying? <sighs> Never mind.